is waiting on fries. That you don't get it. You don't. What do you mean you don't get waiting on fries? Hopefully the customer never hears waiting on fries. But all this time on the entree and it's perfectly executed, and then you're it's like, ready Fuck, to go. I forgot to fire the fries. I just always use that when I forgot to put somebody's order in, and I was like, hey, I'm just waiting on the fries. It's gonna be two more minutes. Realistically, I come back 10 minutes with the food. Exactly. <laughs> they just know that their food's not there in the service, so they're still waiting on fries. I guess we're just waiting on fries. <laughs> so last week I was talking about going to get a turkey from uh, my cousin's butcher shop in Astoria. Yesterday I went out and actually picked up the turkey. A fresh turkey. A fresh turkey that was recently slaughtered from um, Goffle Road Farms in New Jersey. We've actually gotten product from them before. Oh, um, nice through Fossil Farms. When you say fresh turkey, I, you know the image where the guy has a stick that he puts over his shoulder and the little red bag that holds things and he walks around with it? I feel like when you get a freshly slaughtered turkey, it's one of those things where you just slap it over your back and you walk away with it and it's just room temperature kind of deal. You how, sound like you're describing a, a how, hobo. How That's fresh, what I was uh, describing, yeah. Yeah. How, how fresh was it? Fresh frozen or fresh fresh? No, fresh, never been frozen. Still had a couple of feathers that I got to pull out, but also still has a head on it. I've never oh. seen a turkey with the head on it. Oh, you got cool. The, you got the whole deal. Yeah. How about feet? Um... Most likely. I mean, it's still wrapped up. I'm going to unpack it when I get home. <laughs> I haven't checked out likely. its paws yet, you know? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so we go to pick up this turkey. He tells us when to be there. We get there, and then he says that he made a mistake and actually put our order on his truck to be delivered out to all the um, houses that are getting food from him that day. And so I'm like, all right, not a big deal. We figured we'd just kill some time while the truck came back so we could pick up our turkeys off of it. But then he calls us back like three minutes later saying that the truck is back. Just come back to the lot. And that um, he would take care of us in some way that, you know, made up for the fact that we had to wait a little bit. So we get back and he hands me this bus tub full of just like extra proteins that I just get to take home now. So I got a giant leg of lamb, a bag mm. full of beef stew meat, and a dozen cage-free eggs. Now nice. you did you and did like beef stroganoff stew. yesterday. I made some beef stew, yeah, because I had right? a bag full of beef stew meat that I just wasn't planning on having. It, when Nooms puts the meats up, you know something's about to go down over in that household. And you, <laughs> yeah. I just you see all the raw stuff. I, I almost never see the finished product. I just always see him getting into it, and then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, let me see what he wound up doing with that. There was, there was a plate of food at the end of it. It was. Yeah. The what's That's the name of nice, that butcher shop? Uh, Prince Abu's Butchery in Where, Astoria, Queens. In Astoria. So you're yeah. taking a trip to go get your meat and turkey too. Yeah. That's a nice haul. It is. It's super nice. Like I wasn't expecting a leg of lamb. I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with it. Did now. you drive down or did you take the train? Drove down. Because I'd, it would be weird in the train to just have yeah. like a bus top of proteins <laughs> full of meats. and a, and yeah. a full turkey. You're going to have to gut this turkey? I assume so, yeah. Oh, wow. You know what you should do? What should I do? You should use the new Instagram guide feature and make a guide uh, of uh, turkeys. That's actually not a bad I idea. I think you can do that. Like a guide of turkeys in the way of being like, hey, this is me, how to prep a turkey, how to well, cook that, a turkey. Like a, like yeah, a I mean, video like, masterclass of how to If you're going to have to break down gut it and it's got feet and delay, I mean, that's a full... It's definitely got a head. I don't From know from the start feet, to finish. You know what? I'd like to see that news. Let, let's get let's get somebody to hold a camera around while you're doing all this, and we'll comprise this thing, and we'll actually make it like this is how to do your turkey, and we'll get it launched like right before Turkey Day, maybe. I think this is a beautiful idea, but I can't guarantee it's going to happen because I'm going to break down this turkey when I get home. Have you used the guides yet? I have not. So no. let's talk. Let's talk about the guides because Instagram just launched this thing literally a few days ago. And I know people out there are saying, what the hell is this guy's thing? They just changed the I'm way the whole them. app works. Instagram was actually very smart when they released shops, which we'll also talk about in a second. All over the shops. But they replaced the button for shops exactly where the engagement area is, where you click the, like, what happened recently on it's my a, feed. Yeah. Honestly, it's a little annoying. So it's smart. It's because, a little annoying, but it was definitely done on purpose. Correct. Yeah. Everyone wanted to enter the marketplace. Yep. Totally. So now the fact that this whole guides thing has now appeared too. Uh, what it is is kind of a way to highlight either places, you could highlight products, or you could highlight posts altogether. 
And in doing this, you're saying, how would I use that for myself? And that's the first thing I asked recently is how would you do it for yourself? How would that help you kind of move forward in things? And sure enough, of course, our buddy Kyle and Sarah, who we've talked to quite a few times, was the first person that I actually saw to utilize the guides. And what he did was he took all those awesome posts that he does anyway to help tenants find spots and things that they should be aware of. He comprised every single one of those posts, which are all very graphical also with big words there to get your attention and see what it's about. And he took all those, comprised them all into a guide that he's called the Restaurant Reopening Playbook. So you click the guide button and you could just scroll through the entire guide to find all the posts about all the questions that you have when it comes time to going into a space, which was really cool to see because I haven't seen anybody use this. Uh, but I know just you've kind of started looking at things and we're getting some ideas on how these would work well. And the one thing with the engagement rates that Instagram does do is it rewards you for using something early and preliminary before other people are using it because they want to propel their product that they've just used. So while everybody else is just figuring out how to use these things, Instagram is pushing you forward as long as you're utilizing them and you're really taking a grasp of them and people are engaging with them as well. So look at, for example, hey, and I'm, just, pre- I'm pretty sure your, um, your reach and stuff goes up if you're buying into their new stuff. Yeah. As, soon as, you, as soon as you hit up a shops or something like that, they're like, okay, they, this, this account is engaging all our new features. Let's get, let's get them in front of more people. So more people see the features, right. et cetera. Yeah. And take Nooms, take, for example, you know, you're doing a lot of cooking in the kitchen. You're always getting fresh beef and you know, whatever it is from the butcher shops that are out there. You could essentially comprise a guide of places that show all the local butcher shops all around. And what that way people go, oh, let's see where Nooms is shopping now and checking out these places. That's actually a great idea. That's a really cool idea. Uh, double N, though, this could work with accounts that we have yet to speak to, but we will in the future. Like, hey, Stanford, uh, they could pretty much organize a bar crawl utilizing recommendations of places and just putting them in order with a timestamp to them as far as when we're supposed to hit whatever bar it is and continue moving around. Obviously, we have a lot of time to wait for that. Where were you yesterday? I could have gotten this started. I <laughs> was doing work and well, research. you have the content. You can yeah, but I didn't it. know this guides thing existed yeah. until this morning. Yeah, so sure enough, you know, these ways keep opening up and these are potentially another line item on the I have to tend to this today because, again, if you're not using it, Instagram's not letting you move forward much further. Uh, for instance... Same thing with the Reels. Exactly. And I went gung-ho on our Waiting on Fries Instagram account over the last week. And sure enough, the engagement rates are up like 700%. Hmm. Although the Reels are are still inferior to TikTok for that content form. The Reels are still inferior to TikTok in that time. Yes. Okay. For that specific form of content. Now, shun me, obviously, because I have yet to really open up TikTok. I downloaded that one time when you shunned me last time, and then I opened it for a little bit. And I couldn't. I started scrolling through it at work. It's like it's very convenient to get into something on TikTok. Yeah, like super convenient. There's this guy who like goes out and forages mushrooms, so you just watch him in his life hunting mushrooms. The the problem with TikTok is you get lost in there a little bit. So because the videos start playing, you don't have to click anything. It just keeps on going. And you've been using the TikTok though for it's just the TikTok. The user friendliness of it and the and the The things that you can do on TikTok is a lot quicker and easier than Instagram. Still kind of. I don't know, barbaric on the on the reels, I guess. A little and they don't have as many features. With that editing features. The, the, what are the types of things that you're posting up on there with Smokehouse? With I mean, I was doing all the crazy trends for a little bit, trying to catch on something, but more recently, it's just Mike slicing meat. 
Is there like is there somebody on your <laughs> no, staff? No, not for nothing. I see those pop up more and more yeah. on my explore on Instagram. People like Mike slicing meat. Yeah, I, that's a fetish thing, I think, right? <laughs> uh, but is no there somebody shaming. on your staff that's maybe more able to conquer the TikTok side of things and really just like? No, I'm the best. Want to grab? Okay, never mind. Sorry. Uh, and I'm like also, the oldest guy there, but clearly younger than everybody mentally as far as this. But none of them are even on. I'm the only one on TikTok. Isn't that like a weird sign, though? To me, it, I can't grasp it. I can't get into it for I whatever it, reason. it just shows your like mental flexibility Yeah. in a way that most other people just don't have. Well, also, as in a business words, owner, you have to like push through these things, too. You know, yeah, but in other words, I'm awesome. Um, also recently... Go. And humble. Also recently, then, <laughs> <Not so much>. <laughs> Twitter <laughs> also just added stories to their platform. Yeah. Which is interesting enough, too, because I didn't open Twitter in, like, uh, four fleets. days. Is that what? They're calling it fleets. What? Fleets? A fleet. fleet. So, like, a quick tweet? A quick tweet. It's a, a story tweet. A fleeting tweet. A fleeting tweet. Fleeting tweet. Okay. You have the Smokehouse Twitter account also. Yes. You're not using it as openly, I guess, as some of the other platforms, though. Mm, no, we're definitely frequently. least frequent on Twitter. But it's there. It's usually... Twitter is just kind of connected to Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when we post... Instagram I post to Twitter, so it's there's no the original same content. content going to Twitter. Yeah, I rarely. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, you know what? I should tweet back and forth, people. But it's that's definitely the media it's, that loses my attention. Yeah, it's always been hard for me to get into Twitter actively. Well, importantly enough, too, though, the fact is, you know, it's not really catching steam in your specific area of business, maybe, and nonetheless, you're still posting to it because why not? You're right. already posting anyway. Just click eyes. the button. Yeah, and it's free. It, yeah, I can't see, or I don't understand how some people do use Twitter. Uh, they have finance Twitter out there. You can find anything on stocks that are out there. There's a lot of different kinds of Twitter. And that's really cool. I'm sure there's cooking Twitter out there. There's not really Probably. a whole bar Twitter out there. I've checked that. Um, it doesn't really exist. But when Twitter first came out, it was just people being like, I just took a shower. Yeah. And that had zero use to it. And then when Instagram came over and took over, it really said, oh, photos are a beautiful thing. Keep looking at it. Let's keep Wait, promoting Instagram the Instagram doesn't own Twitter. No, correct. But I'm saying oh, Instagram, Instagram, yeah, yeah they beat their, like, their whole styles up. And Justin, what you've just recently done now back into Instagram, they've done so many releases all week. You just did shops. Yeah, shops were around, but now it seems to be more readily available for everybody to use, which almost competes... It really puts them in with competition as an e-commerce website. Now you almost don't even need a website because you can do pretty you can much do all everything. From you from can. if you're Instagram. if you're a small retailer or a manufacturer, it's more valuable to be able to just put a picture of something with a tag on it, mm. and someone sees it. Oh, I like that, and you touch it, and it brings you right to the purchase. Right, and that's yeah. more valuable than saying, "Check out our website. Check out our catalog." Oh, link in bio goes to link the website. Link in bio, and you have to blah, start blah, blah, blah. all over again looking for your product. Because yeah. the we want the least amount of friction from point A to to where, wherever your goal yeah. is. Right. So if you can just if someone sees something so I like that and you touch it and you bring it to where you buy it, that's the the you. I don't know why you would even have a website. What you have to work on is getting a picture of a burger will lead right to a delivery link. You know. I'm working, on, I'm working on that. Yeah. I'm in the car on the way here. I was trying to figure <laughs> out how to link to specific items on our order online because yeah. the food one is a little different. But Is there a way to link um, like your mobile bites to your Instagram so that your mobile bites account can order from Instagram? No, because we were, we were trying. Like that's our mobile bites is yeah. our POS company. Yeah. And for the order food, if you notice on Instagram, you have view shop, yep. order food, blah, blah, blah. If you go to whatever. The order food button, they have partnerships with 
with, with like uh, delivery programs. Yeah, with yeah. Uber and Grubhub mm-hmm. and et cetera. Right. So they only list those partner programs. I see. So our order food forces us to put price. you to Grubhub, okay. which kind of sucks because now I'm getting someone who found us organically, mm-hmm. came Having to, to our Instagram, thing. and now I'm sending them to a third party to purchase something from me. So that kind of sucks. But I'm pretty sure they paid good money to Instagram to be like a partnered link because our POS company is not a partner. I've tried to load it in there and it says, yo, you have to be a partnered link, et cetera. And I'm pretty sure there's a good amount of money behind being a partnered link. Well, through all the history of everything tech, there's always these gateways that exist and they become the gatekeepers. And for anybody that's not partnering with Instagram on this, say mobile bites, maybe just because they're not big enough yet to that point where they've sought that out or figured out how to do it, especially in early testing phases like this, you're, if you want to go that route, you're going to be stuck doing, you know, whatever they have available to yeah. you at the moment. And they, they have the biggest market share, way. so you're kind of stuck that way. Correct. You know? uh, three years ago, I believe Instagram, it was announced that shops were going to happen. And I remember the stock price of Shopify took a pretty big dip for a while because they said, oh, there's more competition coming into the market. But they're partnered now. So with the shops, like you can use Shopify to link to your shops. Oh, because if you're using Shopify, yeah, okay. That's I your, mean, that that's makes, your commerce. That makes you know? sense. So then your shop then links to what? It links to our, our website. The Just commerce. directly to the commerce yeah, side the of commerce. your website. So that our shop right now, all we have is our merch mm-hmm. stuff up, like yep. the sweatshirts and hats and, and whatever. And the rub and the tailgate rub, because that's, that's all stuff that we could ship pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have the food up because it's a much smaller thing and that food is not on our website. It's on our order online, goes into our POS. It's all integrated and stuff like that. The evolution of e-commerce sales is kind of crazy when you look at it as well. And, you know, spending a lot of time in that area, selling streetwear in some of my younger years through e-commerce. At first it was just take a picture of the clothing, hang it up, you know, crop it out, white background, whatever it is. And like people will just click it and buy it. And now you're looking at people that are looking strictly for the lifestyle photos. They want to see it being worn. They want to see what it looks like on. Right. And that's really where that button to shop comes in, I think, with Instagram, where they say, oh, I, that's my figure. That would probably look good on me. And they're more willing to take a chance at buying something. And furthermore, you know, say you've got these beanies and you've got, you know, the sweatshirts for Smokehouse or whatever it is your restaurant is. If you were taking the photos of, you know, your employees wearing them, maybe they're having a, a beer after work or something like that, you're kind of selling the product inadvertently because people are looking at it and saying, it's, oh, it, that's something that's I That's exactly do. what it is. It's in, in real life scenario. It's not just the gap and showing you a picture of the shirt or whatever on a flat thing. It's showing it in use. And, and also the other part of shops is just the, the convenience of it and the immediacy of the purchase. It's almost, it's subconsciously... You want to get someone to purchase something before without they can talk to, themselves out of it. Yeah, without right? even having to have that like internal conversation. Exactly. And the way the, your phones work now is most people have your all your payment information on your phone already. And you basically click that. Oh, I see that sweatshirt. View product, click. Oh, yeah, I like it. Buy. And it's automatic. Like your phone did it. You don't yeah. have to enter your payment information. It's, it's so um, not on your mind, the actual financial part of it that it that ease of can but as soon as you take a couple steps like if okay go to the website each step is another stop in your mind of eh, do i really want this do i really want that you know and eventually if you ask that question too many times you don't really want it yeah <laughs> you know 
but the immediacy is like, oh, you clicked it, it's done already. I didn't even feel it. My phone just did it, and, and now it'll be in the mail. Yeah, it'll be in yep. the mail tomorrow, and that's it. And that's right to say that the easier something is to accomplish, the more likely somebody is going to accomplish that task or mission that you've laid out in front of them. And uh, you see this so often where somebody just puts a hyperlink into a Instagram post, and it's not clickable. You can't click an Instagram post. Uh, not a hyperlink in one at least and right. for rightful reasons because that would just be spam out of control eventually but you know you have that little allotted area in the top of your your bio area that you can put a link in that'll take you to specific spots and I think we've discussed it before in one of the previous episodes where people use the link tree feature because maybe they want to put people to many different directions not just one specific one so once you click the link tree, what it does is it comprises, you know, the four or five different links that you want to send people to, and you could highlight them with what that link specifically is. So say that, you know, your main link is the smokehouse. You want to bring people to many different things like a menu, a shop section, and all that too. You could just utilize the link tree. And one of them could be like current menus. One of them can be cocktails. One of them can be shops, and you could guide people specifically where you want. Maybe one of them can be ice. Correct. And one of them could be that brisket masterclass. Ice. Yeah. Ice. I know. I know. Just wants to talk about ice today. <laughs> uh, clear ice. I made a cocktail the other day, and by a cocktail, I mean I just had a little dirty gin martini. And I threw it over an ice cube here, and, and then you made a claim about that ice. Well, the day before, I used the crap ice that's in my fridge. Don't get me wrong, it's still a block. It's just 1.5, 1.5 inch all around, 2 inch, something like that. And sure enough, that ice is not sexy at all. When you're sipping on a drink with the non-clear ice, it does something to you. It doesn't hurt you. It's just, it doesn't give you that extra oomph. So I filled up my ice tray. I met some very nice people in Greece. And by the time I got back from vacation, I had this clear ice tray at my front door which is really nice. And when you're doing clear ice, the thing is there's impurities in the water. And with those impurities in the water, when ice freezes, the ice pushes the impurities downward and the clear ice takes the top. So what this tray is, it's a dual top and bottom uh, mechanism, I guess you can say, with holes in the bottom. So as the ice is freezing, because it freezes from the top down, when the ice freezes, it pushes all of the impurities to the bottom. So all of the nasty, not so clear ice, freezes at the bottom part also into a chamber where i could use that as backup ice if i want they're still in cubes but the top ice is the nice stuff that freezes so there's other ways to do this at home guys tend to use coolers uh they'll fill the coolers with ice they'll put the cooler into the freezer with the top off that way as it's freezing all the impurities get pushed down in the cooler then what happens is you turn it upside down preferably over the sink because there's always going to be a section that's not frozen and You'll knock it out of there, and you'll have a whole layer of clear ice on the top. Then you got to saw it up or cut it up with a butcher's knife or so. It's a lot of work for some ice. It's a lot of work. Uh, Is it any colder? No, it's not cold. It's ice, man. It's ice. It's frozen. It doesn't get colder. So it's just a purely aesthetic value. Correct. And I think that aesthetic value, and you should know this considering we've been talking about Instagram photos and it selling is, sex nonstop like, over um, the yeah. course of 25 episodes I like almost. I devil, devil's advocate and push a little bit, but yeah. Is that really definitely the only way you could remove the impurities? Uh, you could boil the water as well, but it's that still not going like to do the same. No, it's not the same. You still get these impurities through there. It's just... It's, you could use distilled water. Right. This, you know what? The ice, the ice thing could be a, a pretty cool TikTok or guide thing. To making the ice cubes. I, actually, yeah. the TikTok video would be would be cool. 
because you can go through all the steps and make like a thing or whatever yeah. and then maybe you could do one of those time lapse videos of the ice freezing maybe side by side with like the dirty part of the ice and the clean ice can you put your gopro in the freezer it's a good question i'd watch it yeah i'd have to check the spec sheet to see if 32 degrees or whatever it is in the freezer would actually work what's the freezer temperature 23 it's gotta be under freezing right yeah well, freezes at 32 yeah you know who has a killer tiktok though these guys, John and Morgan from the Lila Rose and Taco Daddy. Crazy. The TikTok is out of control, and Justin <laughs> brought this to my attention just like a little bit ago, where the TikTok has like 500,000 followers or something on this. <laughs> we've, on, we've only got 360,000. Oh, only. Uh, <laughs> <but> only. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, my si I have a twin sister who works in branding and marketing, um, and she kind of saw the switch from, I guess, Musical.ly to TikTok and how, you know, the younger demographic was really grabbing onto that. And that was something that wasn't an area we had ventured in at all, but we've always been firm believers that like, you know, that younger demo is gonna be the next group of 21 year olds celebrating their birthday in your restaurant. You know, they're gonna be the next group of consumers. So uh, we decided to try it out. And, you know, with our Instagram, we try and create like cool, content that people like or would be interested in something different something you don't see all the time especially in you know technically a suburb um you know so we started playing around with a few videos and we had one instantly that went viral um it got like 35 million views is this the, the smoke bubble it is it's the smoke bubble yeah that's yeah. where i started following you guys actually i think it was on um message birthday you guys put up a lot of stuff that night <laughs> yeah um we I don't know, where did you find it? The smoke machine. Oh, so that gun changed everything for us, by the way. Like, <laughs> and it's such a hokey trick that we just got first. Um, I was following this restaurant in Spain uh, that we both love and they had the gun. And I'm like, that's that. so cool. Like, I don't even know what that thing does, but that is different. And that is something that people like are gonna put eyeballs on. And we immediately, what is it? The flavor blaster. And so I immediately put it in order, not knowing that Anthony, who runs our uh, cocktail program at, at Taco Daddy, he ordered one at the same time. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, we like were the first people, and no one was able to get them because then it went on back order. So no one was able to get them for like eight weeks. So we had like we realized once that first video went up that we had just sort of this you would tool, this weapon yeah. that nobody else was gonna be able to get their hands on for a couple months. And so we just blew it out and. One of the videos, Sawyer combines, you know, two bubbles into one bubble, which is just crazy, right? And then that's, he like cuts it with, like a, with yeah. like a straw or something, and it went crazy. I was driving to pick up uh, my daughter at school, and like we were picking up like 20,000 followers every refresh. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? I called Morgan, and she's like, I don't know what's happening. And so, meanwhile, like a week prior, we had the Demelio girls were in here. I don't know who the Demelio girls are, Charlie and Dixie. I don't know anything about this, but we had some bloggers in the bar room and I was chatting with them. And one of the girls jumps up and goes, those are the TikTok girls. And I'm like, who's a TikTok girl? Like, <laughs> and, and, and my brother is 19. So he okay. like, you know, he was working for us at the time and he was like, guys, guys, like, and I was like, I don't even know what TikTok is. Like to me, it was like, it was like not, you know, nothing like, that was really on our radar. We were like so Instagram focused and that was so much more in like our demo. And then, you know, we we like, my sister had pressured us to go on TikTok. So I basically pulled a bunch of content from our Instagram stories and she was like, you just gotta be consistent. Nobody knows the algorithm. Like nobody knows who to tag, 
what hashtags to use. Like some people make fun of you for hashtags, like yada, yada, yada. So she was like, just upload consistently. And, and, and what was funny is that night, like we were so such shoemakers when we opened Taco Daddy, the reservations were coming on my cell phone. So we didn't even have a phone over there. So a lady had called me and I was in the apartment putting one of the kids to bed and she's like, hey, 10 people, blah, 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 blah. Can we come down? And I'm like, we're a new business. Like, Fucking come down. Yes, please. Like whatever. And she gives me her name and it's Heidi D'Amelio. So they walk in the front door. I don't know who these people are. And I say hi to all of them. And they're very, they're very nice. They go sit down at the table and that lady loses her mind. <laughs> anyway, I, I made an ass of myself and went over to the table. Once I realized these girls were famous, I still don't know who they are. And I go, oh, you know, do the whole like, you know, gimbo thing. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know we had celebrities here. And they both like looked at me and I'm like, oh no, y'all are like real celebrities. So that was kind of offensive. Anyway, we start blowing up on TikTok and I still have Heidi's number in my phone. I call her and I'm like, hey, uh, I don't know what's happening. We just picked up like hundreds of thousands of followers. And we've got tens of millions of views at this point. And she's like, she's like, yeah, I'll hop on a call with you whenever you want. Like, let's talk about it. And so we both call her and she's like, John, I'm going to be honest with you. We've done the tour. We've been to Instagram headquarters. They tell us everything. Like, You go to Snapchat headquarters. We've been to all of them, all the platforms. Because we go to TikTok. They don't know what to tell you. It's like, should we only post once a day? And they're like, no, kind of do whatever, whatever you think is best. It's like, should we post early in the morning? Like, we don't really know. Like, they don't know. And, and it's just kind of this crazy sensation. Um, and I think also one of the, the things that was like, you know, unique, I guess, to what we were doing on TikTok is like, it, I mean, at least I'm definitely not like a TikTok connoisseur. My sister is for sure. And she's the one we get most of our like TikTok information How old's from. your sister? She's my twin. Okay. Yeah, so we're both 27. Um, but I didn't mean to inadvertently ask you your age. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so rude. Um, no, it's... Uh, she. So she's, like, right on the bubble of, like, being way too old to use it consistently. But, you know, like, she... That's what she does. And she, like, nerds out on it. So, you know, like, she was like, there really aren't many food accounts. Like, there were, like, three or four big ones, but kind of what it seemed like they were tailoring their content to is just satisfying videos. You know, like something like the bubble video, it just like looks satisfying, you know, like a perfect bubble sitting on top of a coupe glass and you cut it and there's smoke and whatever. But like, you know, it's not like people were like, you know, showing how to make certain things. It wasn't really like DIY, do this at home. Like here's our recipe. It was kind of like an unmitigated field for like, or unnavigated field for restaurants and food content yeah. so we were just kind of like we can do whatever we want like there's no roadmap for this but it's yeah. it's funny it, you know you you get lucky a lot of times or actually you don't get lucky a lot of times but you only get as lucky as as much as you have yourself out there and you've set up for that luck to show up my grandfather always says find the luckiest guy in the room is always the one that's been working the hardest because he creates all that opportunity for himself to actually have something happen yeah. And coming in here where working for so long with guys that, uh, I don't want to use the word dinosaurs, but, you know, they have a playbook for all the places that they open. For sure. And their playbook stems from, like, the early 90s, the mid-90s, and, like, early 2000s. And they've kind of crafted it a little bit more new age as time has gone on. And we've seen restaurants like, you know, Applebee's kind of go to zero, Friday's kind of go to zero, depending on locations, of course. And... With that said, when you're coming in to do something new and you guys are young, so you understand how much social media really holds and can gain the traction for people to pick up a place or say, hey, I want to go check that place out or, you know, whatever it might be. And like you said, 
you don't know who's going to walk into this building. You don't know who's going to take a photo of what you have on the table. So it's also important, too, that, you know, we always have things that are presentable at this point. You know, back in the day, Applebee's, their, like, spec was, when you put a plate down on the table, that Applebee's logo has to be perfectly straight on top. And that was the point where, like, cameras didn't even really exist. People weren't sharing things to Instagram like that. And I think a lot of their deterioration was a part of the fact that they weren't really friendly to being photos taken of the foods that they had and the atmosphere that they were in. And that's when you start seeing a rise in this Northeast or you know, these areas of places that really start being developed for Instagram and photos to be taken, period. Um, and well, it was that and people started wanting a better atmosphere and experience, too, than Applebee's. Yeah, and part of that's the understanding of seeing things online where it's like, wait, there's better places to go. We don't have to spend our $17 on a meal here. We can go to this place and get real value and like a real plate that exists. So I think a lot of guys now that have some of these older spaces and older bars and pubs are at that teetering point where they're saying like how do we wind up changing for this youth and the people that are on tiktok i don't even know what the demographic age is uh, you've been paying a little bit more attention to it i, I have can't no, do it. i have no idea <laughs> you know I, I mean i think because like what you're saying is so true and like a lot of people you know they they rest on you think of like the the really like popular old school joints are always the places where you know the owners walk around he knows everybody at every table he he knew your dad he knows your grandson you know like and i think the difference now is people still want to feel like they know you personally but the the avenues are a little bit different the channels are a little bit different so you know like we have to change with the times you know and, and more people than ever are on their phones and on their computers especially in this you know period of time right now but you know, you just, they're just accessing it differently. So you got to provide a little bit more for them to work with and get to know you. And Instagram's a huge platform for that. TikTok can be a huge platform for that. But you, you yeah. just said it, that you're paying attention to the next generation of people that are out there. And you kind of just tied it back in with the older spots. They're going around shaking hands, you know, saying hello, Mr. Adams, you know, knowing everybody by first name to now saying that, you know, those people are going to fall off eventually at some point. They're going to be too old. They're going to be watching their funds. Maybe they're not going to be out as much. They're more fiscally responsible than the youth is. Uh, and the amount of times that I, you know, work behind the bar at, say, like a uh, college party bar like Black Bear, which I just watch guys endlessly throw bills on top of the table, like there's a never-ending splurge of money, they have no overhead. They're not, paying, they're not paying for anything. They're not saving for a house. They're just enjoying the time. And they would come out like five days a week and just throw money around. It's indispensable cash almost. Yeah, I think, I think though there are some good examples of like the old school joint. There's not a lot of them. There's, there are some good examples of that older demo, that older restaurant, Cafe Silvium in Stanford, for example. The two, the two brothers started the restaurant, I don't know, back when Jesus was born. And then now, what's cool is, I'm serious. And, and then now, though, the two sons have kind of given them this, like, young vibe. And they've, they've, they've took over Instagram, and it's hilarious. They, they run a great account. Uh, and they're there every day also. And you go into the place, and it's like, it's a time machine. It's, it's a total time warp. And we go there once a week, if we can. Uh, and it's phenomenal. Uh, the veal scallopini with the... Gorgonzola cream sauce is out of this world. Keep talking dirty. Uh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> but um, those guys are doing it. But I, I think for us, and we'd love to have the older demo. We just haven't had enough time as a brand to really get them in here. And our Insta platform being as big as it was, it's super young. And so those people come to us first. They're starting to come. And then COVID happened. And 
they all went home and they came back for a minute and now they've all gone home again but you know for for us it's it's really about our our, our thing is again like morgan was saying is you you got to create a face for your brand too or in our case what we like to do is create multiple faces and and we take that a step further we have real operating partners which is a whole we could do a whole thing on that and why the dinosaur restaurants aren't doing as well why the older brands aren't doing it as well well it's because you don't you haven't given a piece to somebody and let them have a face and a seat at the table for their guests to build their rep you know and i was fortunate enough and i could also tell you the nightmare story of fortina but you know i was fortunate enough to be an owner at a young age of 29. did i own a lot no was i the face of the business with christian absolutely and did that allow me what eight nine years later to break off put a little bit of capital together bring on only one real investor who owns a very minor percentage. And then we went out and we got Mo Major and we got Sawyer Machette and we got JJ Hanau, who are all serious fucking restaurant people. And they're now owners too. And that's the only way that this landscape and this like cycle that you're kind of alluding to ends, by the way, where older people have money, older people build restaurant in their ideas of what a restaurant should be. And young people work for them and work in that box that they provide. Well, if we want our scene to be the coolest, we need more young restaurant people who now, when we went to do Taco Daddy, I went before the landlord and I'm like, yeah, I'm the guy who did Fortina. And he's like, oh, guaranteed. This guy's a good guy. I owned 8%. (laughs) But like, that was my baby and he trusted us and he got us a spot, which is the big challenge. That's why young guys don't get their shot. And that's, those are the guys who need to get their shot so that they do cool shit and move the industry forward. So with all these social platforms, obviously it's connecting people. And my sister said something which I thought was really smart actually on her Twitter um, a couple weeks ago that was like, you know, if you hire the people that you trust and you are confident in them as your employee, your partner, your XYZ, you should be able to trust their content for your brand. Because if they are an extension of you, it almost always means that like, you know, they're gonna have, they're vested in this as well. And they're gonna be trying to show the best side of it to people. And, you know, even if people aren't using, let's say at the very base, they're not using Instagram to check restaurants, which I don't believe is true. I think it's now a lookbook for menu items and that's how people search things now. But at the very least, it's a person to person contact. So somebody meets Sawyer in a restaurant, somebody meets uh, our bar manager from Takadetti, Anthony in a restaurant, they might go check him out on Instagram. And if he's there furthering the narrative, like pushing his content, the drinks he's creating, and it's all under the umbrella of our brand, like that can only help. It only reaches that many more people. You know what I mean? So I thought that was cool. Uh, I do like, though, also what you just said, John, though, about you building the future with the, the youthful generation, which are essentially who is seeing the ideas happen, who know what's cool, because we do kind of lose touch as we have bigger things to worry about. And not to circle back into Black Bear again, of course, but, you know, I always ran the flyers for the parties that were going on there, and we created a deal with the ownership where I would just do all the graphic design stuff. And I love that, you know, you're essentially verifying ideas that I once had, too, where I said, we would have so much of a bigger line outside if you let me hype the DJ up on these flyers, if you let me put his face on the sure. flyers, if you let me design a logo for his brand, because these are our in-house guys. Correct. And the biggest fear was, oh no, you're crazy if you won't think I'm. He was Irish. Oh, you're crazy if you think I'm gonna put his face on the flyer, because then he's gonna want three hundred and fifty dollars for the weekend. <laughs> and I was like, that's your biggest concern. You'd outpace right. that amount of money if we build a guy that has a name. And 
You know, if you want to talk about going back years, uh, Thirsty Turtle, which was like the only club-ish spot in this like Westchester area, pretty much, those guys would be bringing in big DJs nonstop. And the DJs would only get bigger as the in-house guys would consistently show up to these places. But like, it, I, I do think it's super important to be building out a face. You know, you're not the only face. There's a lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it's funny. Like, there's there's two issues going on. Like, the, the old school guy who's not going to promote his brand well because the DJ's going to want 50 bucks more for the weekend is he's, he's burying himself, right? The other evil, and they've, they've been a necessary evil for a long time in our industry, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's just true, and they've gotten more equity as the deals have gone on, especially in Fairfield County and Westchester, is the real estate and banker guys and the private equity guys who all, listen, I want you to come eat here. I just don't want you to have any part of my business. And at Taco Daddy and Lila, we can say that with full confidence. Nobody, we don't wake up in the morning and worry about having an investor meeting or some new ideas. Like, oh, you got to have Sambuca on the menu. Why? For you? I got to have Sambuca on the menu at Taco Daddy? For you? Because I don't even have espresso over there yeah. right now. And you those know what guys I mean? don't belong, though, in the restaurant operations. They side do not things. belong in the business, period. The people who belong in the business are the operators and the people who put, put in the time and sweat and, and really move the business. If you don't put those people in the first class, you, you, you're, you're eventually going to lose the brand. It would be like donating money to a hospital and then trying to tell someone how to perform surgery. Correct. Obviously, right. it's a much larger scale, but it's kind of like... I think know, that like, does happen to some effect. <laughs> it does. Right. It it's got it. <laughs> so, I mean, our big goal is this. is And it, it, is a, it is a dream at this point. But like I said a couple minutes ago, is we were able to do and sit where we are and have two cool brands at a very crazy time in the world. But we have two cool brands that came from us and our partners. And we get to go do that every day because I had to go through the fire with... Fortina and that whole experience um, and dealing with with a, with a bunch of knucklehead stuff towards the end which prompted me and and Morgan to go and look for new spaces which took us two years to do and get out from underneath that but really what we need to be talking about is how do restaurant people get other cool chefs other cool operators opportunities to own their own businesses and you know what we plan to do here with SOK and what we did with Lila was brought JJ and I'm like dude I'm giving you real we're getting real equity in this thing and you're also going to be we're also going to market you as an owner of this thing we're not going to call you a partner and not talk about you as a partner same thing with mo like mo our job is to make sure that your face and your name is out there so that if some point somebody comes to you with a better deal right than the one i'm giving you and they say hey dude you're going to get 60 percent of this business then we've done our jobs because that's going to make our food scene that's going to make our bar scene the best around is when restaurant people invest in other restaurant people and allow them to their their star to shine a little bit. So, I like I like that tactic too because it gives it gives everybody a sense of pride and like sense of ownership. Yeah, a sense of ownership. So if you're doing something. You're like I'm not just doing it for my boss or because I have to get a paycheck or something. I'm doing it because I'm part right. of it. No, it's gonna help I, me yeah. I don't have to go to Mo and say, Hey, dude, we got a hood inspection coming on Monday, which actually happened this Monday, right? <laughs> it's his day Same. off, Same. and I didn't tell Mo. Because I wanted him there. Mo texted me at like 10 a.m. Hey, dude, do you know who this guy is? He was already here. He was already doing that work. Same thing with JJ. JJ's day off Sunday, Monday. You can bet. He, I haven't asked him to once. He's here in his restaurant Sunday and Monday, actually, hanging out, talking to people, and having coffee and having breakfast here. We actually, ha we actually had to ask him to take a day off. <laughs> like, we were like, dude. 
That's a testament to you, though, also, both of you, to be able to find that talent and be able to put that trust in people. Because how many people do you... before that, it's the environment that you create. Because you're not going to have people want to come and be a part of this unless you're fostering that sort of environment for them. 100%. I mean, and, and you have to you have to you have to take the controls off a little bit too. You know, like I, I might have an idea of how I want a cocktail to be or what I want in theory, and I can I can promise you if, if I really want something to get done, they'll do it. But at the same time, the, the game is a lot more fun if we're all like operating from the same place. Hey, what do people want? What looks cool? What tastes great? Bring that to the table. And I'm telling you, we we, we were very tight on Taco Daddy's beverage program when it opened. About two months into it, Anthony was running that thing and coming with ideas every single day because, again, we were like, all right, you know what you're doing. (laughs) I know what tastes good. She knows what tastes good. We could get you there, but it's a whole lot more healthy and a whole lot more fun to have people coming with new ideas and going, this is cool. I think this is cool. I think this is cool. And us have give maybe minor critiques. You know, working with Mo and JJ as partners has been such a pleasure because in both cases, the restaurants got better without our input. And and that's something you, you can't you can't pay a guy two hundred thousand dollars a year, and he doesn't have a piece of it. That's not going to happen for you in most cases. What what I was going to say before I was busy over here just fucking myself was that there's so many people <laughs> in relationships that just choose the wrong partner. They have an eye for just choosing the wrong partner every single time. And for what you guys have done here though, in finding these guys that are hard workers, like at what point? Did you decide, though, that these guys had those characteristics of what we need to really build up and build out? A couple of things. I mean, from, and I'll answer that you can answer, too, is, is I think for us, we hired a, to get Taco Daddy open. I was, I was shopping the same deal pre-opening that I, I did, you know, once we finally got Mo. But everybody was kind of, all the chefs I'd go to, I'm like, dude, and they're name guys. They're, they're, they're dudes you know. And I, I'd say to them, hey, dude, I'm going to give you a cut of this and, and we were going to do this we knew we were, wanted to do this spot so I was like and then the next one and then in two years your equity doubles I was shopping that deal and everybody said no so we already knew yeah yeah and, and I, I know personally that I can get a dish to be right it'll take me three to five times as long for it to be on the menu it'll take me a day it'll take Mo an hour um, and so once COVID hit you know, and we then then we went through the lockdown, and then patios reopened. Well, everybody was, I think, scared of the same thing. Are they going to come back? They didn't just come back. They came back and were willing to wait two hours for a table. Yeah. And at that point, I'm on Expo, and that's not what I do. I'm an operator, right? But I, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of Expo. I become a, a villain. I'm I'm the wor- I'm the worst person in the world on Expo. I just instantly turn into the that. worst person in the world. I've seen, I've seen a lot of monsters on the line. Yeah, I bet. And so I, I, I hit up Indeed, uh, our girl Chris, Christina, who was amazing, and uh, shout out to Indeed. Uh, and I we put out an ad for uh, a chef. Well, of course, the whole state of New York is still shut down. Everybody's unemployed. And I had that's this is funny how we got them up. Pre-opening of Taco Daddy, I went on Facebook and put in the search bar Bar Taco, and so every employee that worked for Bar Taco started populating. And I was like, I just need a dude who knows how to do tacos. I'm I don't know how to do tacos. Like I've never done tacos. I know what I want them to taste like, but and Mo was one of the guys, and so I added him as a friend. And then for probably six months, I'd follow him on on Facebook, and he was he was saying some funny and interesting stuff. And then when his Resume, and I'll tell you this, along with 130 other resumes came through in one day, 
I was like, I know that dude. And we sat down. We had, I called him on a Wednesday. We sat down on a Friday. That interview went on for like two hours. We cooked then for like another hour. And then I didn't even put in the ad partner. I was like, dude, I want to make you my partner. Uh, break Moe down quickly. I believe he had something going on with Food Network at some point, right? Yeah, Moe's a chop champion. Um, he's a huge personality. He's built for TV. Um, he's uh, a, one of the few guys, I say this, I think all chefs have like a shelf life for their motor. Uh, we've all kind of seen it. It's hard to stay in this grind every day and consistently be good. He's like, I always say he's like Ray Lewis, if you were your chef. Like that's the kind of energy he brings. It's, it's loud, it's fun. The team is motivated. He's hyping everybody up. Uh, it, it literally leveled us up, I would say, by 100x when he joined the team. 100x. Um, and, yeah, he's, he's going to be doing some more stuff with Food Network, uh, some more stuff with uh, Guy Fieri. And, uh, yeah, man, we're, we're, our goal is to make Mo known for being one of the top dudes in the area because he is. Awesome. Not to reference Tony Robbins and Pillars of Success, but through restaurants, too, when you've figured out a team that works and everyone's kind of just perfect harmonizing with each other and you really feel that energy when you walk into a room is kind of what you're just describing to me. It seems like he was that last pillar to help build that team up to where it needed to be. For sure, for sure. And it allowed us to go kind of back to what we do, which is what we're good at, which is like, you know, we're, we're constantly just like tweaking the whole thing you're constantly trying to like advance yourself change yourself a little bit reinvent yourself and it's hard to do that when you're on the pass it's it's hard to do that when sure. she's got a baby in a stroller and and we're walking around the dining room where she's eight months pregnant like we needed mo to come in and shore up taco daddy so that we could go do what we're actually very good at you know and talk to people and hang out with guests and do those things and create special moments with, with guests so yeah 100 percent Talk to me about Taco Daddy and the transition of leaving Fortina into coming into Taco Daddy, where we just said it last week. Uh, we didn't, you don't just open up a spot with no right. plans. You have some type of plan, some type of rubric. Yep. I've got pitch decks for days with different bar concepts, you're, right? You're and asking can, and he's laughing, and I, I feel like I'm missing out on I'm like, no, 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 no. The, the story is yeah. wild. I, I'm, yeah, so I'm, let me hype up the story sorry, a little I'm bit sorry, and just do I'm what sorry, I do over ahead. here, okay? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, nobody just opens up a spot without some type of plan. So you, for at some point, you looked at each other and you said, babe, whichever one is calling who, babe, let's open up a spot of our own. Let's do it. I'll start. Um, you know, so I, he was a restaurant owner. I was not, I was managing restaurants at the time. And, uh, you know, he always said, when you want to leave and do your own space, I'll help you. You know, like, still going to keep one foot in Fortina, but definitely whatever you got going on, um, you know, like, as my partner, like, he was like, I'm whatever you need, I've done this before, I can help you, business side, whatever. Um, and we're restaurant nerds. All we do is talk about food and beverage, hospitality. We come up with restaurant concepts constantly. Um, I've got a really dope kebab concept he won't let me do, but, um, <laughs> yet, yet. but yet. I think it would be great as a food truck, but it, we can talk about that another time. Um, so we, you know, we were talking about it a lot, and I, I left Fortina before he did. Obviously, it was a little bit easier for me as an employee, he's a partner, um, co-founder, owner. Um, so when I left, we started talking about it a lot. You know, I had a little bit of downtime and then I missed it. And 
and I wanted to do it again. And I think he was in a place, which he can tell you a little bit more about, where he was ready to do something different. And again, he had the investor umbrella hanging over him every day. Um, and I think, you know, you can talk more about that, but. Sure. I mean, uh, 14 one when we did it with Chris and myself, and it was special. Man, I don't know if any of you guys have been to him, or especially Armonk when that no. happened, when Rybrook came on, and then Stanford was really like, to me, like, oh shit, we did something crazy here. Like, we built something people really love. And it was super fun, and I don't want anyone to get, you know, this screwed up at all. It, that was super rewarding, and I, I learned a lot. You know, I worked with Barcelona and Bartaco before that, and learned a lot there, but doing your own thing um, is very different. And the flip side of that is, is we felt like we were doing our own thing. Everyone was minding their P's and Q's, and Christian wanted to do something on the creative side, cool. John wanted to do something on the ops side, or people-wise, I always said I was HR, ops, um, you know, the numbers end of it. That was, that was it, those were, those were the two places. Well, of course, things get big, money gets bigger, all of a sudden, the investor guys who haven't been involved in this early success and haven't built this business, now they want a place at the table. Now they want to create a board and they want to vote on everything that used to be your thing, your baby, your little piece of clay that you can play with and make whatever you want. Is that an aspect uh, of getting too big too quickly also? I, there's something to that. I think, I think though, had we kept doing what we were doing, I mean, at least comp wise, at least like year over year sales, like we were super attractive brand to private equity and everything. I mean, we, we had all these offers coming in, but the investor side didn't want to be kicked out from the table. The re reality is this, private equity comes in and they don't go, we want to buy you and all the investors. No, they go, we want Chris and John, we're going to give everybody a check to go home, and then we're going to take this to the next level. And we had a deal in place for 25 new units that they, they crushed. And it really was a thing about, you know, we want to be at the table, we want to keep growing this our way. Friends and family, you don't grow into a national brand. It's just never going to happen. And that's not really where our head's at with Taco Daddy at all. Um, and we're much more focused on just being in Stanford. But going from 14 to this, once that started to happen, it takes the love out of what you're doing. When you feel like you wake up every day and you get to do what you want to do and what you think is going to work and you get to fail and you get to have successes, that's motivation. That's what gets us going every day is those little challenges, those little like victories that we all have. And again, addressing those failures that we have. But when that's taken from you and it goes to a board and it just got weird, man. It just got really weird. And it was at that point when that happened, I was, I said to Morgan, I came home one night and I'm like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore, but I got alimony to pay. And so I got to ride this thing out <laughs> until we have our own thing going. And so we looked, we kept looking at real estate. We kept looking at projects and we were living at 111, uh, which is right behind Taco Daddy. And we used to come to Harlan and we used to come to Asian Bistro, which is what Delilah Rose is. Harlan was uh, the restaurant before Taco Daddy, and it was a very buttoned-up, stuffy uh, American gastro pub. And uh, you're talking about uh, Harlan Public. Harlan Social, same, same, same guys. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Lewandowski, who, to his credit, brought you know a high-end gastro experience, American gastro experience, to Fairfield County before anyone did. So I mean, it just the yeah, and the neighborhood changed. You had Starwood's headquarters was right across the parking lot. That banker, you know, uh, that spend that they had every night, the suits coming in, that all went away when Starwood went out. Um, and this neighborhood got super young. And <clears throat> so we said, we could do something cool here if this ever came up. And uh, we got friendly with the building manager. 
And I said to him, listen, we're, we're, we're moving. Went and uh, did a stint elsewhere for about six months. I said, but if anything ever comes up on this side of town, which is so boring and so dead, um, let us know. We'd be very interested. We get a phone call um, on my birthday. And it was like, hey, do you want to come look at Harlan Social? And I'm like, I heard the Asian place was out. And they're like, yeah, Harlan's out too. And I'm like, yeah, we want to go look at that. <laughs> And this is like, I'm, I'm at the end of my rope with, with Fortina and everything that's going on there. And um, we came and looked and, you know, we, we put on a good face. We said, you know, we're probably going to want to take the whole block. And meanwhile, we don't have money to take the whole block. Don't talk that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for a security deposit, we took over Harlan. And what was kind of crazy is, is obviously I didn't want to lose my income coming from Fortina. Uh, but I signed a bad deal when I was 29 years old because I just wanted to have my own restaurant quote unquote. And uh, in that deal, it says, yeah, you can do outside projects. It just doesn't, uh, you don't have to kick back the 14. It's in there. And uh, but what I didn't read like two clauses below, which is we can also terminate your contract uh, with no cause at any point in time. So while Morgan was really going to run Taco Daddy and do Taco Daddy, and I was going to help in whatever capacity I could, I was still going to keep what was going on over there. Well, of course, the CT Bytes article comes out. And I love you, Stephanie, so don't take offense. Please write a review about Lila Rose. Um, and in there, it says John Nealon and Morgan Machette are opening up Taco Daddy. At which point, I was like, oh, shit. So cats, cats here we go. Yeah. And there was immediately the next day I got an email for a meeting. They put termination papers in front of me. Well. And he, but hang on. Here's the joke, right? This is a real estate dude handing me papers telling me that I'm being fired without cause because I'm doing this project, which on paper, I'm not. It's all in Morgan's name. Morgan owns Taco Daddy and Lila Rose. And this guy, meanwhile, has his hands in about 12 different pots from real estate to different restaurants. It's all this other stuff. But we, we can't. The guys who did Fortina, the founders of this business that you make 1% of every month, we can't have a, a side deal? You tell me that's not a little bit crazy? But not to mention the fact that we were starting to get a little, because we were like trying to figure out how best to like go about this. You know, I open the restaurant, he helps, I run it. I was six and a half months pregnant, so we knew at some point we were either gonna have to train the shit out of somebody or he was gonna have to help in a bigger capacity. Um, and as we're like, you know, we're solidifying the deal, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks now, we get an email from the same real estate guy saying, Harlan's up, we should take this spot. What do you boys wanna do? What, like, do you want to, like, you know, like, let's figure out a concept to go in there. And John was like, I just got to be silent on this. I can't say anything. Like, we were so close, and we were like, the last Dude. thing we need is this guy to swoop in and be like, blow it all up. We're at the two-yard line. We've got, we've had numerous deals fall through. And, of course, somebody from the restaurant side, not the landlord side, reached out and said, hey, for key money, you can come in and take the place over. I know I'm dealing we're dealing direct with the landlord right so I'm now I'm thinking I'm paranoid as is right and I'm like I call the landlord I'm like dude am I being fucked with over here <laughs> like, what's going on and uh you know sure enough uh you know waited a few days once the, and the lease wasn't signed yet so I didn't want to say anything until the lease was signed it wasn't even really my deal it was Morgan's deal wouldn't be fair to tell him oh yeah Morgan's actually taking this thing before the lease is signed the second the lease is signed I write an email hey guys just want to let you know Morgan's actually taking that space, blah, 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 blah. But uh, uh, to, be, to be real with you, and me and Chris are, are actually closer than we've probably ever been now. Um, 
it was tough there for a minute for both of us. Um, but I, I will say this: like I, I've never had more fun working in the business. Fortina included Barcelona. Like go was go back all the way back to the snack bars in high school. I've never had as much fun working in this business as I am working with Morgan, working with Mo, working with Sawyer, working with JJ, and our whole collective team here. Um, and that's truly because there's no outside element. It's all us. We're all in the same boat. There's not some other boat out there, aka some real estate guy. Yeah, we don't right? have to have a meeting and pick it up. Who's gonna come in and say, "Why don't you put Brussels sprouts back on the menu?" You go, I don't want to put Brussels sprouts back <laughs> on the menu. You know, we don't we don't have to we don't have to go to his table and kiss the ring 50 times. Yeah. You know, it's it, we're all in this together, and like that's that's what I keep going back to that. And anybody who'll listen, I'll say it to is like that's got to be the focus of our industry is getting people who are talented and have cool ideas opportunities. And then making sure that we support them. You know, we put the full force of all of our food contacts and bloggers and all that stuff behind those people and allow people to go see their thing and not make it this thing that's dominated by the publications, by Moffley, by whoever's got a big enough bankroll to put up 5000 a quarter uh, to put a magazine article in and to, to get recognized as whatever. So, anyway. Adversely, you know, to, to saying that, yeah, your whole team's in-house, where all the influence uh that could be bad for some guys. Not in this case, I don't think, but some guys that are just maybe one owner in the place whose livelihood is that one single place, who's stuck in that place every single night, they have no idea what the fuck is going on outside at all. And as other restaurants are doing new things and the trends are changing, they miss that boat. But you know, from what I've seen throughout social media is all your guys are outside investigating and seeing what's happening in all the other spots. And that's like almost you've created an army that's going to keep ahead of the trend. Yeah, I, would, I would agree. That's one of my hardest challenges. You know, I put in the amount of hours we have to put in at the store mm -hmm. is I have to say just to keep on trends as part of like we were talking about Instagram and TikTok and spend half an hour a day just scrolling through other restaurants, seeing what they're doing, but actually getting to other restaurants when it's not, you know, after service or, you know, lunchtime on a Monday when I have time. That's definitely the hardest thing. We've actually just gave like our manager our manager's uh, like an expense expense account so just to do that like go, awesome. out, go take your girl go take your wife out for dinner yeah. and you got it you got it but also i mean stuff. i think we're, we're taco daddy and and lila have been and correct me if i'm wrong on this but our mentality and even back at 14 it was similar is let's not find out what everyone else thinks is cool let's do what we think is cool and i think that that shows up a lot more than if i go out and let's say i go Look at whatever hot, you know, Alex Stupak's taco concept in the city, which is one of our favorite restaurants to go to. But go to Alex Stupak's place, and then I come back to my place, and I go, we got to do it this way. It's already been that's done at that cool. point. That's not cool. Yeah. Nobody's going to come in and be like, that's cool. If we go in and we do a crunch wrap, because nobody's doing a crunch wrap, but we like crunch wraps. When we make crunch wraps uh, delicious and made properly with good ingredients. Keep talking dirty. People fucking, look really yeah, good. <laughs> but they feel that. Like, I mean, we saw this. How many restaurants did we see Im imitate the Big Mac? Whether it was a deli or it was whatever, like, yep. they all did or that. Or chicken sandwich and that went out. Yeah, yeah I think there's there. something to more to like familiarity and putting your own riff on familiarity. That's cool. Yeah, I, when I go when I go to the restaurant, I try just like you said. I want to copy because I feel like you go to another restaurant, they're doing it. If it's working well for them, then you and you just copy the same thing. It's like oh, they're doing whatever so and so did. I try to spend more time looking around the people and seeing what what kind of things they're reacting to. Right. So then you could say, okay, I saw them do this. I saw them do that. They reacted a certain way to, you know, I don't know, a cocktail or something like that. But then you can work on that specific thing. Not necessarily the thing that they're doing, but what's gaining the reaction from people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the ways, like, 
we take inspiration from everywhere and we're definitely not like reinventing the wheel in certain cases you know like we're doing like what works what people like um yeah we're trying to put out new stuff and thankfully a lot of it is hit um but you know like that's always subject to change people's preferences tend to change like that um but what hasn't really seemed to change is like you know how people react to being taken care of and you know we, we always do this exercise with our staff, like name the three places you go to the most. And it's always some place that they know the people or they go all the time, like it's that familiarity. Um, and if we can bring that through in food and cocktails, in our hospitality, that tends to be the biggest win. But for someone like you who like, you know, is saying that you're trapped a little bit more and you don't necessarily like get to go out and see like what's going on here, what's going on there. Like, I think, I think we try and utilize our team a lot for that. You know, we have three kids and the two restaurants <laughs> we're not doing a whole lot but um but like you know I, I think most restaurant people are probably pretty type a <laughs> um and pretty much like to be if not controlling at least understanding the direction something's going and i think to an extent you have to let go a little bit um and let these people be your eyes or you know I, i'm the first one to admit what i'm not good at and that's why i was talking about my sister so much earlier is like she's very good at branding and she's very ahead of the trends on social and I just call her and I'm like, what are you seeing? Like, what's working? What's not? Because I'm not good at that. And I don't have the time to look at it. But if I can utilize someone who does, like, that's a strength too, you know? So Being being ahead of the trend is, I think, it, it, at least in my eyes, one of the most important things you could potentially do. Almost, and also it could be a bad thing being ahead because then you have to wait for the trend to catch up to you before people decide that, all right, it's for them. Uh, that Smokehouse logo, I designed that how many years back now? Two years back? You're not gonna change that logo anytime soon. You, Don't pat yourself on the back. I'm, I'm not patting myself. When on you the say back. you designed it, <laughs> we did. We did. I mean, we put an S and an H, and we presented like yeah, five different things around it, right? Was as it? simple as it is, <laughs> though, it's something that doesn't really go stale, and you don't have to change right. it as much. And I think you've designed these restaurants kind of almost ahead of the the trend, also, where if you walk into the bathroom. How many bathroom photos are all over the internets from these two locations right here? I know I it's, on, it's on it's my feed all day. There's more bathroom <laughs> photos than there actually are food photos. I agree with that. I've definitely seen I the bathroom that. before I saw anything yeah. of the bar. Or the yeah. or we did that. that intentionally. You yeah. know, like, it, it's so, sorry. It's so funny, like, you know, we, um, it's not the most important thing, you know? It doesn't matter how cool your bathrooms are. If your food sucks, your cocktails suck, your team sucks, like, people don't feel the love when they walk in your room. Bathrooms don't matter, but if you can nail all the rest, that's just another box you get to tick. And you know, like we put, we have a hello gorgeous neon sign uh, in Lila. And you know, when we first opened, we had taken a couple pictures with it, posted somewhere, and people were walking in. And they were just like, "Where's the sign?" <laughs> you know, like that's what they wanted to know. They wanted that picture. And it's like, it's just crazy how people's experience has changed. The people aren't just going out because they want to like eat something. They want the whole package now. It's crazy how long it took people to realize that the bathrooms, though, are also such a staple. Growing up as a kid, my grandmother would always come back from the bathroom and tell my mother, Deb, you got to go to the bathroom. Go check out the bathroom. Right. It's so nice. Check the bathroom out. Yeah. And, like, that's been forgotten about, and nobody really gives a shit about it until they realize that, all right, this is a great opportunity space for social media. They've got their privacy. They can take as many photos as they want. Right. Nobody's really bothering them. They don't feel judged. Now it just sits on the internet, and honestly, at the end of the day, it's free advertising. My dad was always right. big on paper towels. Paper towels? Like judge the whole enough. thing by the quality of the paper towels. That's so funny. <laughs> I remember going, like, I, I grew up in, like, a nicer area, but we were, like, as middle class as it gets, you know? Um, and 
I remember always going to my friend's house. I was like, your bathrooms are so nice. And I was a kid. Like, what? Do, I don't care about your bathroom. I don't care about, like, the potpourri you have in a pot. But, like, I was like, that is so cool. And, like, I don't know. That is something I think that still sticks with, sticks with people. And it is, like, the privacy. Like, you can't go into someone's, like, living room and, like, check everything out. But you're in the bathroom. You're like, what's in this cabinet? Like, what's over here? Like, you have that time. Yeah. And I mean, but let's all be real, too. It's like, it's not the bathroom it's the women's bathroom that matters i mean no, there's no there's no picture of me in the bathroom you know taking my <laughs> selfie or like doing my little like video uh in all the different mirrors it would be, it would but be bad for business yeah it, it would probably be bad for business but i mean you do i mean i don't know we're we're a little more i don't even want to say progressive but when it comes to like realizing that like women are super important in restaurant spaces and we should cater to their aesthetic a little bit. We should keep them front of mind a little bit, especially right now. You know, there's no corporate dining going on right now. There's no, there's no like, you know, 20 person suited and booted Swiss re dinner you're gonna have on Wednesday night. That just doesn't exist anymore. But there are girl gangs going out every night of the week. And actually what you were saying and then what you followed up with um, is, is so true. Like you know, giving yourself as many opportunities for success as possible, like, and free advertising. Like, again, margins in restaurants are so small. We don't have the time, like, who are we gonna pay to advertise for us? And like, where does that even go right now? What does that look like? Is that them running our social accounts? Are we putting it in a newspaper? Like, the if we can get girls, guys, doesn't matter to like take pictures in our space and further that exposure to our restaurant, like, that's just giving us more opportunities for someone to see it and someone to wanna come in and try it and for us to, you know, build a regular out of that person. So, can we circle back into the Taco Daddy concept and uh, how long maybe you were working on that before you actually made that jump as far as ideas? I mean, I know Morgan yeah. did all of that, but <laughs> how many, how long ahead of time was it that you were putting together maybe menu type concepts and things that you thought maybe worked together before Chef said, all right, this works, this works, this works? No, can that one and that's not profitable or, yeah. you right. know, something? So we actually that profitable um, thing never occurred to chat. Yeah, I feel that one. <laughs> so, so we actually, um, you know, most before all this was happening, when I had first left Fortina, he was looking to get out of Fortina. We were looking at doing like a ghost kitchen concept. Like labor is, you know, one of the the things you spend the most money on in a restaurant. Let's get rid of that. We'll pay kitchen staff only, and then we could basically utilize all these third parties you know uber eats or doordash to deliver our food to people don't say uber eats in front of justin he's <laughs> he's got strong feelings about it i think i think everyone in the restaurant industry has strong feelings about them <laughs> at this point but you know we were like like things are changing and little did we know how much they would change um it's probably what we should have done um but we came up with a ton of concepts whether it was like a burger concept a taco concept and uh with tacos we were like you know we're not authentic like, we can't put together an authentic Mexican restaurant. Like, you know, we would look ridiculous. Somebody would always have something to say. Like, you know, we're not from Oaxaca. Like, that makes no sense for us to do authentic. So we were like, you know, tacos can be treated the same as pizza. You can put anything on them. Everything works in a shell. You know, like, you can put familiar flavors. We have a cheeseburger taco over there. It's one of our, like, number one bestsellers. You know, just something that people recognize, but in a, in a form of food that people like to eat. Um, and John was actually the one who kept calling it Taco Daddy, this ghost kitchen idea. He was like, we'll call it Taco Daddy, we'll call it Taco Daddy. I was like, don't you fucking dare. We're not calling it Taco Daddy. I'm like, do you know how much like 
that would get bastardized. Like people would make jokes. Like we're not calling. Did it he say it so many times though, where it just sounded like it worked eventually too? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually we just called it Taco Daddy, and, uh, <laughs> and everybody loved it. And um, yeah, here we are. Um, but I don't think that wasn't our plan for Harlan when we first looked at the space. I think that was. We had a narrow window of time to get it open, and I mean, you could probably talk more about that because we just yeah. went for it. I mean, so you talked about ahead of the trend, and you talked about how you know that's important and all that stuff. One of the things that limits restaurants, and I'm still surprised that we still see them popping up, which is these umbrella cuisines uh, that you see opening up. Like, you don't need to open an Italian restaurant anymore. You don't need to open a you know a Mexican restaurant anymore you they should exist they're they're great they're all those things but if you truly want to be able to stay with the the trend or you truly want to be able to jump on that next thing it's silly for us and, we, and this was always limiting at fortina where we were like kind of this bronx italian thing that we had going on and red sauce joint and like all, we called it all these different things but what happened in year four well poke became the hottest thing on planet earth right and how stupid would we, even though we knew we should do it, how stupid would it be if a wood-fired Bronx red sauce Italian joint, hey, oh, how you doing, that whole thing, that's our whole thing. Now we got a poke bowl on the menu. You look kind of dumb. But if you've got a concept that's not and not tied to cuisine, which neither of our restaurants are, we have box. a tapas format and we have a taco format, and now it's kind of evolved into crunch ups and, and, and that whole bit. But we play all over the world, and we just put, like we used to say, we just put delicious, familiar things that we know work inside of a taco. Now, one other point on this, because you talk about the trends. Well, for the, when we did a lot of this pre-Taco Daddy, which is with Uber Eats, with Grubhub, with any of these delivery apps, well, they're all data nerds, right? And what do they all love to do? They all love to show you their lists, and they all like to tell you, like, these are the top 20 things that sold in 2018. Well, we went right on there. And we took all those lists and we go, oh, shit, Reuben, uh, cheeseburgers, obviously. Um, what were some of the other? Just all of it's right there. Go to Gold Belly. Look at Gold Belly. What are these people so confident that they can sell across the country? And all that data for the first time in the history of our industry is being just like given up for their marketing, essentially. And so we, we try and pay attention to that stuff. Um, in fact, we just had a meeting two days ago with the whole team about it and how we're going to be prepared for if we do have to go take out only how we're going to tailor those nights of the week those family meals that we do uh etc but yeah i mean and then the other side of taco daddy the concept was is like we've both been in the bar business we've both been around really cool cocktail programs uh we just kind of felt like it was all getting a little too educational and we've all been lucky enough to be around like sort of that you know prohibition style change and you know, I, I was the for right the mixologist movement and all worst, that stuff. Worst word. Right, and we all saw that. But at the end of the day, we want a Taco Daddy's menu to be delicious. Like I want you to walk out and feel like you had a refreshing cocktail. And yeah, we can use all those cool like techniques and things that we've learned over the years. But at the end of the day, that cocktail hits the table. It tastes refreshing. It's delicious. And there's no artichoke liqueur in it that you have to explain away. Right. You know, like that's kind of <laughs> the whole concept. And let's make it fun. Let's make this place a fun place that people want to go. In talking next door, in talking to Anthony at Taco Daddy, too, about the drinks in general, too. You know, I said that I can't even think about really 
one place, two places that have a cocktail list of 40 cocktails on that thing as like part of the in-house design. I said, how do you even accomplish that without absolutely driving bartenders right out from behind the bar? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you want to make things as simple to streamline it. So when you get to the space two, three, four, you can just right. duplicate it over and over again. But he said, well, we batch a lot of these cocktails. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit less effort to add whatever's needed at the end to actually complete the cocktail, which is great. For sure. But like, Same thing here. It's, it, it's it's huge to see these these menus that you guys are kind of just conquering left and right, and people are taking on to it. You're seeing it through the Instagram. You're seeing it through the TikTok. What, what was that? 500,000 followers or shabby 355? <laughs> only. Um, only. We'll yeah, go only. But it, it's amazing to see this happen, and it's amazing to see it kind of come together in the way it did. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to be talking about Lila Rose, and uh, I think that we should have a little uh, bit of a break here, and then We'll follow up into the Lila Rose, and you know we'll talk more about things happening next week. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you. <laughs> Don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button, because you know algorithms.